Hello, welcome to this Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's a pretty sad day if you're a Penguins fan, of course, as Patrick Hornquist has officially been traded to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. Sevier, uh, I just totally butchered his name the first time, but I got it the second time, so that's what matters. But uh, joining us, we have another guest today. Um, he's been on this podcast many times, but I figured we could bring him on to break down the trade. Is Cameron Easton from Penguins Twitter? Cam, how you doing today, man? Especially after the uh, the news after when the trade broke. I'm in. I wouldn't say disbelief because we've been waiting a, yeah. a little bit for this trade to go through. But um, it, it's a sad day for for many Penguins fans and. Um, there's a lot to discuss. I mean, we'll we'll break the trade down yeah, and we'll dive a lot right more. into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say first, can I'll let you say something too? Um, going back, I know I've been cheering for this team for over 15 years before the Sidney Crosby days. Um, Patrick Hornquist, I can safely say, is one of my five to ten favorite Penguins of all time. You know, as long as I've been a fan, just mm-hmm. absolutely love him as a player. Absolutely love him on the ice, off the ice. You know, when that trade happened, when they got him for James Neal, that was the big, the first big trade where, you know, change was coming for the Penguins. And it was like a fresh new wave of players coming in. And since day one, he was just awesome night in and night out. And during, it was hard to watch that team during that 2014-15 season because, of course, Chris Letang got hurt. And they weren't really going to go anywhere that year anyway. But to see how Patrick Hornick was played in that series against the Rangers and all season long, you just knew that he was going to be a menace each season that he was here. And boy, did he prove it season in and season out. You know, the game winner against Washington in game four in 2016. Won them the Stanley Cup in 2017 against the Nashville Predators. Just what a warrior. Um, I'm just, I'm going to miss him a lot. Yeah, that trade was the benchmark of the the new regime in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. um, with Jim Rutherford. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at Jim Rutherford differently today than, <laughs> than they were now or back then. But, you know, um, and, and you, you point back to that 2014-15 with, you know, we had Mike Johnson, that head coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Patrick Cornquist was the bright spot of that team, that team, you know, and especially with them losing against the Rangers that series, he was – he was the bright spot and, um, you know, having that game winning goal and, um, against Nashville in the 2017 Stanley cup final, um, you know, he, he will never have to buy another drink for himself in, yeah, he, in Pittsburgh he, yeah, again. Exactly. So he, he comes back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Everyone will buy him his drinks. Um, you know, it was just a, and that was a typical Patrick Hornquist goal too. You know, shot goes wide of the net. He's right in his office in the front of the net. And just banks in and off Rene. You know, he did that so many times throughout his career, just being a menace in front of the net. You know, I think all, all the Metropolitan uh, teams and other fan bases are happy that Hornquist is gone just because oh, yeah. how he would just get under the other goalie's skin and just, I guess, a lot of the fans' skin just because of how he was in front of the net. And, you know, father time, I think, was catching up for him. I guess we can just get into the trade now. I mean, I get trading Hornquist. I mean, despite loving him and on the ice and off the ice, like it, trading him actually makes sense. You know, he makes five and like almost five and a half million against the salary cap. He signed for a lot more years. He's in his thirties. Now his body is starting to break down a little bit. I know he had a last good season, but still concussion issues these last couple years. I get it. But the thing with it though, Cam is like, you're breaking even on the cap. Hell you're adding salary. You're bringing in a guy with a sample size of just 
I guess, okay numbers. And then a bottom six forward who really is not that good defensively. It's kind of just an Evan Rodriguez replacement, I guess. It's just, I would have honestly preferred draft picks in, in just the whole cap mm-hmm. space than Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I I think I had in my mind that I was fine with a Hornquist trade if it moved on from that salary. That salary was, you know, a lot for the Penguins, especially with his age. And, you know, the injuries were catching up to him. I, I mean, if you remember, he had just even the freak injury where in warm-ups he wasn't wearing the helmet and he took a, a puck to the head. It was just mm-hmm. he had so many injuries, in, you know, during his time in um with the penguins but that's that's the cost of being in, in the front of the net you know and getting those dirty goals and um at that penguins power play is going to miss that too it's going to be interesting how they move on from hornquist and how they structure the power play but again they don't have mark recce so he's he's not in charge of that <laughs> thank anymore goodness thank goodness there <laughs> yeah, so um but you know and I, I don't i don't necessarily have an issue with matheson but um that contract is probably the um, the thing many people are looking at and kind of not liking about this trade. Yeah, it's just too many years. And I mean, I'm kind of coming down on the term part just because, Cam, this team is going to suck in six years when that contract is expired. Yeah, yeah we just got to, we got to, you know, accept it. I mean, yeah. that's it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and and I mean, that's what happens with every franchise when you move on from players and like the caliber of Sidney Crosby and, and, you know, Malkin. I mean, look at what happened when you know Lemieux and and Yager. You know, when yeah, they had to they, move they, on they from st- that, they stunk for a bit. I mean, Yager was there longer than Lemieux just because Lemieux was just battling, you know, um, just a bunch of injuries and in his back and all that. So, um, I mean, because I think Yager was there well past 1999, and he was traded. I think in the early 2000s. So, yep, I to mean, the Caps. Yeah, yep. and the and the uh, that was. I mostly blame the um, the ownership on that one just because they really couldn't even pay the lease on Nellon Arena, I don't think. But um, that's a yeah. discussion for another day. But yeah, I mean, your point about the power play is valid. I think they probably will just slide Jake Gensel up to that spot. He's really good in front of the net. But I mean, obviously it's not to the level of Patrick Hornquist. And now with getting Matheson, you have five left-handed defensemen, Cam. You have Brian Dumoulin on the top pairing for... God, if you if you trade Brian Dumoulin, there will be serious problems. I'm going to get to that point um, coming up in a second. Marcus Pedersen wouldn't do that either. Yuso Rikula just signed for two years. You're going to pay him a million to sit in the press box every night. Don't really understand that. You have P.O. Joseph, who is getting close to NHL ready. Uh, now you have, um, of course, Matheson. And then, you know, we have our favorite whipping boy cam, of course. That's Jack Johnson. <laughs> Um, I really think this trade only makes sense if you deal Jack Johnson, but Jim Rutherford is probably going to just continue to say that he likes him and that he's not going to admit that he made a mistake. And they're probably just going to deal Marcus Patterson, just piss everyone off in the process again. <laughs> you know, it almost seems like Jim Rutherford is making deals like Matheson and hopefully he doesn't trade Dumoulin or Patterson, but you know. As recent events have showed, I wouldn't doubt it at this point. We can't take it off the table. But, um, yeah, I think Jim Rutherford is going to die on the hill with, you know, saying that Jim Rutherford or Jack Johnson is um, a, a good defenseman when he's not. And um, the, the contract situation as well, it's it's a mess. And um, I, you, everyone would hope Jack Johnson is gone. Heck, we've been saying it the past couple of seasons, yeah. but now is the time to do it. And um, I'm hoping Matheson is just 
putting a Band-Aid on that and just saying, okay, we can – Jim Rutherford saying, okay, we can move on from Jack Johnson. Yeah. And it's not like a, like a mess that it's already been, but, you know. Exactly. You just I, need- I, I, I would love to see um, um, Pierre, Pierre Oliver-Joseph, you know, come up. Same with – and I know it's forward, but Sam Poulin from, you know, uh, the recent draft. Um, I think the Penguins are trying to get a little bit younger, you know, as these trades have shown. Um, get some new blood in the locker room, but I, it's it's it, it's starting to look like a mess to me. Yeah, I, I love how Jim Rutherford's like, yeah, we're trying to get younger, we're trying to retool or transition the team on the fly. It's like, yeah, kind of transitioning the team in the opposite direction of I think what everyone else wants to happen in the Penguins fan base. And yeah, man, I'm just gonna touch on this before I am. We get to the next segment. Um, if they somehow trade. Brian Dumoulin, and that would be a total peak Jim Rutherford move just because of how angry he is as appears with the team right now. I would be at the point where I think I would honestly not watch half of the games next season. I'm not just going to see sit here and watch him just go full Pittsburgh Pirates on this franchise. Um, I've had that happen. I, mean, I used to root for the Pirates <laughs> way back oh, please, when. Please don't go there. Yeah, I, I stopped doing that, especially <laughs> when the Nationals came in. And, you know, as the Nationals got better and better they actually had the ownership to pay the players you know it just you got really really good but i mean i'm just i'm not gonna sit here and watch that man you you can't trade brian dumel and that would be a total awful move and the same would be with marcus Pedersen. like you're really gonna go into next season with matheson and johnson as your second and left second and third pairings on the left side i mean what the hell are we doing here that would just make absolutely no sense to me man well and it shows that these trades are just putting band-aids over um, you know, pre-existing he's trades that shit at transpired, the wall, and he's hoping it works. And, well, yeah, I mean, it's like you traded um, Daniel Sprong for Pedersen, and it's like, okay, you fixed that, and yeah, I think that and that was a solid trade, and but now you're gonna possibly make it worse with with maybe a, a, an upcoming trade with you know some team and try and justify Jack Johnson as a a, a NHL defenseman when he's not. <laughs> So yeah, it's just it's not going it's good mess. right now for Jim Rutherford. That's for sure. But I uh, can before we do get to the next segment, um, we can touch on RockAuto.com a little bit because you know that's one big positive thing going in our lives right now. Uh, it's a family business that serves auto part customers online for twenty years. You go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable low and, this, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselves. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts of your car, whatever need that is, rockauto.com. Okay, Cam, so I was like kind of doing a little bit of research on Mike Mathis. And I had um, Jeff from Penn's blog on yesterday who does a great job running that site. He had a lot of really good... Mm-hmm. Um, stats looking at Mike Matheson and you know it's some of the analytics and the underlying numbers it's deceiving a little bit you know because you look at you know, like some of it like the charts and you know is really good at entering the zone is like possession entries per 60 minutes ranks in the 93rd percentile possession entry percentage ranks in the 92nd percentile um, entry defense um, his breakups per 60s in the 84th percentile um, shot shot contributions 74th percentile shots per 60, 86th percentile. So he gets the puck to the net. 
He can get the puck in the zone, which is two things that Jack Johnson can't do. So if you're moving Jack Johnson, it makes a lot of sense to have Matheson on your third pairing, even though his salary is a bit too high. But, you know, his even strike defense in his defensive zone is just not that good. And I was looking at this um, chart today, uh, Sports um, Logics, basically, their data. Um, His Mm -hmm. turnover rate out of 100 uh, out of 200 qualified defensemen, his turnover rate, 17.3% per game. That's 187th out of 200 uh, defensemen that are um, that they track. So, yeah, so him in the defensive zone is going to be a treat to watch, even though he comes in the offensive zone with the puck a lot and he can get to the puck to the net a lot. Well, and it's interesting. I think we look back at, at some of these trades that, um, as of recently, it seems like Jim Rutherford kind of ignores the, the statistic side of the player. And, and, and that's like, weird, well, considering it, um, they have a analytics guru in their front office who's the director. Right, you know, and even the Penguins' Twitter was, you know, did a little spotlight on that mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. But um, it's 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 always in the news conferences like today. Well, he has a nice shot, so... Um, <laughs> but it's, you know... But... Um, it, I don't know. It's, you know, I was looking, it was funny. I was looking at um, some YouTube highlights of Matheson today and the, the YouTube comments were, oh, he's just basically a, um, a bottom forward because all his goals kind of reminded me of um, Justin Schultz with how, mm-hmm. how, how his zone entry was. And I think the, the coaching staff was lenient with Schultz in his time here. So I feel like they, they do the same with Matheson and his own entries and his offensive side of the game. Yeah, I think so too. There was a, I think a YouTube clip that uh, King Clarky on Penguins were sent me yesterday and he was basically playing as a forward, stole the puck and then had an assist in overtime and score. This was, I think from three to four years ago. And I think he was playing forward in that game and it was actually <laughs> pretty funny to watch. I'm gonna have to send you that. Clip. Well, yeah, no, I, I've, I've seen that. And Yager was so tired. On uh, yes, Yager was still playing with the Panthers, and he was so tired. And yeah, and he was just on a little, you know, crazy, you know, rampage. Matheson was and made that beautiful assist. But yeah, um, that's his offensive side of the game. But he's a defenseman, so yeah. Hopefully, um, yeah. We just have to hope that he can be okay in his defensive zone i mean like i said like you're looking at the underlying numbers can get the puck in into the offensive zone very very nicely can break out the puck from the defensive zone nicely gets a lot of shots on net he scores um a lot more than some other defensemen on this team have so which is i guess i mean that's that's not bad but still you know we need him to be better than justin schultz and jack johnson on the third pairing and I don't think that's too much to ask for, especially after they vomited all over themselves in the series against Montreal. But, you know, um, we'll, we'll see, I guess, at this point. But, um, Cam, there was a, um, a – I tweeted out before when we started recording. There's a listener question from Alan T. Yoder. I wanted to um, get your thoughts on this. It was like a kind of a two-part question. He's like, do you think the forward coming from Florida, of course, that's Colton Xavier, could be used in another deal as a package deal in the near future um, with someone like Jack Johnson? Um Probably not, I wouldn't think, because they just got him and he only has one year left on his contract with for like a million. And, you know, looking at his yeah, – I was looking at just his basic stats. He had played 69 games last season, so very nice. Uh, six goals, 16 <clears throat> points. He's been a 11-goal um, scorer a couple times in his career. He's basically just a bottom six forward. But, you know, what, what do you think about that? Do you think they could potentially flip well, him? Well, and they also mentioned he's a good penalty killer as well. Yeah. And I think that's that's good for a penalty kill. Um, but you do have to look at the replacement side of 
of, of you know the void there from Patrick Hornquist and um, the third line has been interesting ever since the departure of Nick Benito, um, the HPK line, yeah. um, you know, but, um, and they've been trying to work on that for the past couple of seasons. Yeah. It just hasn't, um, transpired and, you know, they, they thankfully assigned, uh, Jared McCann and, um, going forward would think he'd probably be the, be the third line center, but, um, you know, going off of, would he be part of another deal? I mean, you can't say for sure because I mean you look back at Nick Spalling and how Nick Spalling was part of the original Hornquist deal for um, from James Neal, mm-hmm. and we used him later for um, Phil Kessel. That's so, right. You're right. Um, you you never know, but I I, I do think that um, I think the coaching staff in the front office like like this likes this guy and they'll probably slot him in in the third. Third line, I think so. I think so too. Yeah, his other question was, would he be a fit on the third line with Jared McCann? Um, also, Alan, I do not believe they played together on a line in the Panthers. I'm gonna have to double check that though. But yeah, I think maybe he could play with McCann. But I, honestly, I, that's probably where they're gonna slot him. I don't really think they're gonna put. Uh, I don't think you want to break up the fourth line either. Yeah. I think that fourth line was one of the better things about the Penguins team last season. Yeah, I absolutely um, agree. That line was just shut down. They basically just shut down any line that came into the offense, into the defensive zone. They were that good. I really don't think you're going to break up that line. And besides, Jared McCann needs new line mates anyway. I mean, he's going to have yeah. a brand new third line this year anyway because he had Patrick Marlowe with him, who was just a corpse when he came back from the return from the return to play. And then Patrick Hornquist was on that line, and it was just a very, very um, weird. It just it, it just, it's, yeah, it just never got together and. Um, uh, you know, we saw the rumors all this offseason about Jared McCann possibly being traded. And to have the, the front office uh, believe in Jared McCann says a lot um, as him being a possibly a third line center. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a big, big step because that's that's something the Penguins have desperately needed. And um, I like McCann. I think he's a good player, but they really need to start looking at the wings on the third line. And I think they addressed one part of it. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might as well just try Sevier with McCann. Um, just why not at this point? Like, yeah, I mean, and I do agree. They've been trying to find that third line center ever since Nick Benito left. It looks like Jared McCann will be that guy because he signed that extension. God forbid they somehow trade him. But, you know, I was looking at Sevier's, you know, just looking at his data a little bit. I mean, his, his goals for percentage, expected goals for 70%, expected goals against 58%. His goals per 60 was pretty bad, though, 24%. That's, uh, it's a big yikes um, shooting. That's wasn't really that good. PK though was above fifty percent, which I like. But I mean, it's his projected like wins above replacement. You know, only about zero point seven. This is all from evolving mm-hmm. hockey and all that. So I mean, doesn't really move the needle much. But I think, like we both said, on a third line, I guess it's fine. He doesn't really make much against the cap. We'll see how he is during the season. Um, can't well, I'm hoping he. I, I'm hoping he turns into like how Brandon Tanev was in last off season. How, I mean, most fans basically because of the contract and the like, yeah. the term, everyone was just uh, you know. But he he played really good for the Penguins this season. I thought um, on that fourth line, and hopefully, you know, we get the same results in, in this season. So yeah, that would that would be nice. And you know, I don't think he's going to be you know as good defensively as Tanev is. You know, Tanev's defensively correct. Yeah, are really really good. I mean, he's elite at suppression shots, and CBR is not. So um, don't think you're going to get that 
from Sevier, but I think he could maybe outproduce him offensively. You know, I was looking at some of um, Sevier's offensive stats, and they were pretty similar, I think, to Brandon Tanev. So I think he may have them beat there. But um, looking ahead now, man, uh, this is going to get pretty interesting. You know, we have the Matt Murray trade that's still to come. Don't really know what you're going to get back in that. Now you have to move someone from the defense. God willing, it's Jack Johnson. You can send him to the Mariana Trench because he really doesn't belong on another NHL roster, let alone the Penguins roster. Um, what else you got? I mean, they want to go out into free agency and do something. Hard pass, please. I mean, I really don't trust Jim Rutherford. Imagine if he still goes after Chris Tannen. I will. Oh, that, that will be interesting. Not now. Not now. Not on this day of grieving. I cannot. five years 25 million dollars baby let's do it let's just keep paying all these mediocre old defensemen just all the money in the world because when has that worked out for you so just to be a total Jim Rutherford thing to do though but yeah I was reading The Athletic today and Josh Ely and Rob are basically saying like yeah there's more trades coming he's not close to done but I mean it's just hard to feel good about the direction of this team right now I used to be so high on Jim Rutherford what a what a 180 that has been. I mean, wow. I didn't really see um, the signs of it turning this bad, but you know, I'm eating a lot of crow on that right now. And if he doesn't turn it around quickly, you know, this this Crosby Malkin era is going to be closed um, as soon as basically this next season. I think. Yeah, I mean, this. I feel this off season is basically the last real setup for this window for yeah. Crosby and Malkin and, and even Latang. So, you know, um, you, you would hope Rutherford kind of makes some better deals than he has been. And, um, it, it, I, I, I said it on Twitter. I really don't know what his plan is. I mean, all of these moves are kind of out of left field and, um, Nobody can really predict what what's next, and um, you know you could easily say Murray's going to be traded, and one would think he's going to be traded, oh, he but is, yeah. he, he could come out of left field and say you know or trade Jari oh, for all we know. God, God and, help us all if they do that. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just that that's just kind of how Jim Rutherford has acted these past couple of seasons, yeah. and um, it, it's it's troubling, but um. I still, as a Penguins fan, have faith in Jim Rutherford, um, you know, because he, he did set up those those two back-to-back cups. Um, I can't keep, you know, living in the past, and I, I still got to, you know, we, we all do. We still got to realize, you know, this team hasn't been up to par these past couple seasons. And, you know, it was funny. I was just – I was talking to my friend who's a Minnesota Wild fan, oh, and we were arguing over the past couple of trades – and he's like, why are you mad? You know, you got your, your two cups. And I sat there and I paused. I'm like, but if you had Crosby and Malkin, wouldn't you want to win as many cups as you wanted to with, with that talent? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. So I think a lot of people around the league are tired of the Penguins losing. Um, Penguins, and, pe- Penguins uh, losing or Penguins winning? Or winning, yeah. That's my bad. I, was, Sorry. I, was, I was confused on that one, but yeah. I think yeah, tired, win- <laughs> tired of winning. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, they have been losing. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that's but, true. But yeah, yeah, just yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but they are. T- they're tired of them winning, and um, they 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 want to see this window close. And oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but but you know, 
this is it, you know. This really so. is it. It's been really, 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 really weird as you know, as we're getting older. You know, time is time is of the essence now. It's just shrinking shorter and shorter and shorter. And to your point, Cam, I just don't really know if I have any faith in Jim Rutherford anymore. Um, I know you're gonna it's have tough. Yeah, I know you're gonna have all the usual shills out there, you know, that just love to shill for Jim Rutherford on Twitter and all that. Well, you know, how can you not trust him? He's done all this for the franchise. Oh my god, he's did blah 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 this and blah 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 that. And it's like well, you know what? Look at the moves that he's made ever since that 2017 Cup. And would you would you trust him? Like, I mean, I get it. You know, some people are in the media. You know, they're not going to dump on the general manager because just for obvious reasons. But you know, you got to look at this logically. He's been bad for the last few years now. It's not getting. We're better. approaching. We're approaching five years since the 2016 Cup. And if you really think about it, the moves before the 2016 Cup is what set up the 2017 cup because yeah, the team didn't really change yeah i mean he so, added what ron hainsey and um, right there were tiny moves yeah but thinking about that i mean it's been almost five years and you got to be realistic and five years is a long time in the nhl and to have the talent that the penguins do um it's kind of inexcusable not to be um even in the going past the qualifiers so. Yeah, especially against a team like the Canadians, you know, we all know that's unacceptable, yeah. but also, you know, it is 2020. It's been a very weird year for a lot of reasons. Uh, so, you know, I almost like just almost expected them to lose because it is 2020. But yeah, man, I'm just I, and I'm just more and more nervous now for Jim Rutherford's next moves just because of how unpredictable and he is and how he's just basically a wild card and yeah, it's a lot of times it's just throwing shit at the fan and hoping it works and Man, I'm just I'm nervous now. We know we're almost to the end of the Stanley Cup final now. Free agency is two weeks away from tomorrow. That's Friday, mm-hmm. so we're getting we're getting down to crunch time now. There's going to be a, a lot of moves coming for a lot of teams, including the Penguins, and it's it's going to be a wild ride. But uh, Cam, unless you have anything else, I think we're going to call this an episode. Well, I mean, I I, I haven't been with you to talk about the Kapanen deal, but I yeah. mean, that's just that that was so unexpected to trade that first round pick, and it bugs me. But yeah, yeah, they're going to try, mean, I, try to get it back in the Matt Murray deal. I've read, I've been reading reports that they're trying yeah. to get a first back for Murray. All it takes is one team, but you're probably looking at. I've said this on the podcast already. If a couple of people haven't heard it, second round pick and a prospect. I think that's probably your best bet at this point for him. But if you can get a, get a team to trade a first for him, obviously you take it, just because you know that's basically a home run um, acquisition. Hey, at this point, I think Jim Rutherford thinks a third rounder is a beautiful asset. But who knows? I just. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it's, what a year! <laughs> that's, that's basically you know that sigh that you just had that sum up that sums up Jim Rutherford's tenure the last three years. And I think we're going to call the episode on that. Um, Cam, thank you so much for coming on to break down this trade with me. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely have you on here at some point um, during the off season. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we will have another episode coming for you guys. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup final and a whole bunch of uh, other Penguin stuff, especially if there's another trade tomorrow because you never know with Jim Rutherford. He would probably make a trade every day if he could. So um, I will talk to you all then.